0: This is your host Shane with Radical Rocks. Today we're going to talk about how to identify gemstones. We're going to go into some basics and we're going to go into a few tips and tricks that maybe you haven't thought of. We're going to be talking about gemstone clarity by checking the color. We can check the hue. We can check the luster. We can check saturation, tone, weight, many different things. In fact, there's some things that we want to check to make sure... If it's fake or if it's real. So before we get into it, guys, I want to thank you, guys and gals. I want to thank you for tuning in, for supporting Radical Rocks. We have our YouTube videos. We have our blog with interesting information, useful things that you can print out for your shop. And all our links are found at our blog. You can just go to radicalrocksusa.blogspot.com, and I will leave that in the description of the podcast. And you can go to any one of those blogs and scroll to the bottom, find all our social media links, all our other content that you can have for free. All we ask is that you give, uh, you know, likes and shares and comment. And participate so that you can help give back to all things rocks, mineral, and lapidary because the hobby is uh, kind of dying out a little bit and it would be good to keep it alive. So, without further ado, let's get into identifying gemstones. Now, this can work for um, colored stones and uh, those type of gemstones but also we can use these same principles finding out the basic varieties of many different stones such as jade and turquoise and things like that so let's get right into it Um, the blog is called uh, identifying gemstones just came out today you can look at a beautiful picture of some pink crystals there and it goes right into the topic that gemstone identification it can be tricky Especially if you're a novice in this area, you might have a hard time figuring out what kind of gemstone that you're looking at without relying on some help. However, if you're really passionate about your gemstones, then there's ways that you can learn to identify gemstones. It'll take a lot of practice and some serious mental training, but the truth is with so many gemstones out there, the learning process never really ends. And that is kind of part of the fun. So how is it that some people learn to identify gemstones just by looking at them? Well, we're going to look at how they do it. The process of gemstone identification goes like this. Um, If you've ever tried to identify a gemstone or even looked at someone trying to identify them, you're probably aware that identifying the gemstones is a process of finding clues and eliminating all impossibilities until you're left with a short list of possibilities. And in an ideal situation, only one possibility. As Sherlock Holmes would say, elementary deal, Watson. So it is a little bit of an investigation. So let's use an example. Rubies uh, are red. They're all red. But not all red gems in the world are rubies. So While you have a keen eye for the physical properties of the gem, you also need to have a good knowledge of the subject to be able to identify what kind of gemstone you're looking at. A lot can be told about a gemstone just looking at it for the first time if your gaze is careful. You don't really require any fancy tools to analyze the stone uh, at first. All you need is some light, maybe a magnifying glass, and a couple of little tools that we're going to talk about. Some of them are even free. They will help you to properly examine the gem. You want to narrow the list down to as few possible gemstones and you will have to analyze the different aspects of the gem including the color, the hue, the tone, the saturation, the clarity, the transparency, the, the opacity, the luster, as well as the shape and size. So first let's look at color. This is probably the easiest way To get you a short list of possible gems is just looking at the color. Looking at the color may get you more than halfway there. For instance, if a gemstone is green, it's definitely not going to be a ruby, it's definitely not going to be an amethyst or an apatite or a sunstone or anything like that. But it could be, it could be an emerald, could be a green sapphire, could be a tourmaline, could be jade, who knows what it could be. But once you've narrowed it down, you've eliminated a lot of those possibilities. The problem is that although this is the most effective step, it's also the easiest one to get your suspect pool. Remember we talked about Sherlock Holmes there. We want our pool of suspects. Now, you can combine today's lesson with other ones I have on how to be a rock hound where it talks about um, cleavage and hardness and streak tests and things like this, but this is a good test for ones that you just don't even want to damage them at all these are these are all the ones you can do without doing anything invasive to the gemstone itself okay so once you've got that suspect pool uh down narrow down it's it's going to be more difficult to deal with this list okay because we've got a, a, a pile of similar looking gemstones and it might be a little harder to start eliminating what one we hold in our hand that we're looking at so hue, as stated above, or in the in the blog it's above, as we already have stated, stated determining the color and being thorough about it, um, whether it's red, green, or whatever, a primary color, that's easy. But the hue is maybe a little harder, but there's still ways we can do it. If you have a green gemstone in front of you and it's more of a bluish green, then that gives us a clue. Is it a yellowish green? see these things can help us make a huge progress so if it has more yellow in it maybe it's peridot or if it has blue maybe it's a green fluorite right if it has shades other than green it might be an emerald um, you know if it has no other shades except green it could be an emerald or it could be a beautiful um, chrome tourmaline so we want to try to be as precise as possible when we're figuring out the hue there's about 31 hues that you can match To your gemstone in order to determine what kind it is i've got a link on the blog to the gia color wheel you just click it and it will show you all these different hues and you could you could maybe print that out Um, you should be able to copy and save that and print that out and use that or you can buy one as well if you want one laminated or whatever next is the tone so now that we've determined the color and the hue of our gemstone, it's time to look at the tone. Is it light, medium, a dark colored gem? You can further use the GIA color wheel to tell and determine this. And According to the chart, there's about seven levels of tone. So if you can determine the exact one, you've taken another big, big step in the right direction. Saturation. Just like tone, saturation is another thing that's going to help you narrow down your list even more. Look at the gemstone through a proper light source. Determine how intense the saturation of its color is. Is it very vivid or is it a flat color? Remember that if it's a stone with a cold color, it will have gray undertones, it will be considered flat. Whereas a warm colored gemstone with brown undertones would be considered flat. So there's your differences right there. And if you forget that, you can just go to the blog and it's right there under saturation. Next is clarity. This is a comparatively easy step. Take a good look at the stone. Is it more transparent, translucent, plain, or opaque? Can you see through it? Is it cloudy? Is it clear? Is it watery? All those things help you determine what kind of stone it is. Now, weight here uh, might be a little tricky if you don't have a scale with you, and a scale doesn't really tell you anything. It's actually checking specific gravity. I didn't mention that here, but in other articles, we've talked about specific gravity as being a great way to uh, narrow down some of those tough decisions when you're trying to figure out what kind of a gemstone something is as opposed to another one. But if you don't have a scale, you can kind of just use a rule of thumb. If you've handled enough gemstones and uh, you can figure, is it really heavy or is it kind of light and airy? So if it's yellow and it's light as air, it might be, you know, a piece of amber or something, right? If it's heavier, then maybe it's a citrine or something, okay? And also, we'll talk more about other clues that you could get from the differences in those type of material. But if it feels lighter or heavier than you expected, that could help you narrow that suspect pool again next is luster finally you want to look at the luster of the gemstone which means figuring out how it shines set the stone down shine a light on it is it shining is it reflecting the light back or is it just sucking it up is it immersing it there's different kinds of shines that you can recognize there's vitreous which is like a glassy shine silky oily waxy or um hope I could say the word right. It's like a diamond shines, very sparkly, um, adamant, adamant, something like that. So if it shines like a diamond, all these different things can l- help you narrow down the possibilities. Now, the next thing, those are all the things that kind of help us go, okay, you know, it, it looks like it could be this one, but it has this property, so it's not that one. So sometimes we want to actually identify when a gemstone isn't even a gemstone at all. Okay, um, we may be looking at a gemstone. We're not sure what kind of gemstone it is, but there's also times when you might be at that yard sale or um, out of town looking at something. Um, uh, you know, when you're visiting another area and you see something you want to buy, and uh, they're saying, "Oh, it's this stone. It's this whatever." Well, is it? You know, you never know. So there's a few ways you can recognize and discard it from being a gemstone at all in your checking it and searching it, and here's how to recognize. Feel the surface. A gemstone is going to be smooth, and this is once it's been polished, obviously. It's going to be smooth or slippery in texture. It's going to feel, it's not going to be rough. It's not going to be sandy. Um, otherwise, it's not a gemstone. It could be a mineral. could be something else, um, and I'm going to get into that. Mandibility. Mandibility. You probably remember seeing cartoons or The old TV show where someone picks up the nugget, they get paid in a nugget, and they bite it. They're biting it because they can feel their teeth sink into it just a little tiny bit. So they know that it's a soft metal. It's not a harder metal that's maybe been, um, you know, coated to look like a gold. So, obviously this type of mineral uh, something that is mandible which whether it's metal or iron or lead or whatever copper it or some sort of a mineral hammering it um, it could be mandible if it were a mineral if it was mandible now or it could be plastic if it's soft or something like that so only thing that is going to be mandible is going to be plastic or a metallic ore not an actual gemstone okay so uh, I know you know better but of course don't try testing it with a hammer um, you cannot shape or or you know a real gemstone is not going to be mandible and you will crush it into a million pieces and that would be pretty dumb so <laughs> let's check if the stone is an assembled stone so what is an assembled stone This could be something that is made of more materials than one. It could be made of composites or epoxies or synthetic materials or have um, materials um, layered on each other. And I'm not talking about a doublet or a triplet where we've actually glued rocks on top of each other but uh, sometimes some techniques have been used to make things appear to be um, a gemstone and of course you know if you're a real novice you have to be able to look out for these things. So When a gemstone is entirely, uh, when it's good, and it's a gemstone and not a triplet or doublet, it will be one piece, one entire piece. Assembled stones are gonna be made with two or more materials combined together. The stones are usually made in labs, they have synthetic materials mixed in them, and they can be difficult um, when they are completely synthetic materials, like they have synthetic emerald, they have synthetic other things. That one, you're really gonna need an expert and you're going to need to look probably in a magnifying glass Um, if it is totally perfect I would be suspect um, very suspect that it is either fake or lab created or synthetic however you want to call it. You can look also through the stone with a very strong light source for signs of an assembly of something that's been pieced together to look like something better than it is and what you do is uh, you see if the luster of the stone doesn't feel consistent for some reason you can identify what's called the red ring effect. You place the stone on a surface and shine a pin light through it and if you see a red ring effect around it, it is an assembled stone. Now, I've got a little magnifying glass here that has a little light in it. I don't know if that would be a strong enough light to be able to see the red ring effect. I would use a strong pin light, but uh, it is a great magnifying glass for inspecting uh, gemstones and things like that, for imperfections and bubbles and things like that. Now, the art of gemstone identification. Ultimately, the final step of gemstone identification is the point where it becomes an art. You can look at the color, the hue, the saturation to be able to eliminate some of the stones. But finally, it's going to be your knowledge of gemstones that's going to help you make your final determination about it along with your experience and observation. You can take precise measurements with proper instruments. It'll only get you so far. Especially when you have to separate the natural gemstones from synthetic ones, you have to trust your instinct and observation over everything else the optical properties and the physical measurements of a synthetic gemstone are going to be almost identical to its natural counterpart. Trying to differentiate between these two requires keen observation, again, sometimes even through a microscope, and training to make the proper judgment. So ultimately, the final judgment depends on how much you plan to study the gemstones. Now I'm going to give you a really good tip. Invest in a gemstone identification chart. If gemstone collection and identification is something you are passionate about, it's going to be a good idea to invest in a gemstone identification chart. They're pretty affordable. They can help you recognize a variety of gems. As you constantly refer to that chart for identifying gems, you're going to eventually train your eyes to recognize these stones by default. I would also recommend going to gem shows and looking at these gemstones firsthand and starting to buy some of them and collect them. Make sure when you buy a chart that it's very comprehensive and includes most of the common and not so common gemstones so you can learn about everything possible. You can opt for a book by the Gemologist Institution of America, uh, kind of pricey, but you can do that. Their books are detailed and accurate, but if you're like me and you like something occasionally to spend some time um, and, and fun trying to identify these, a basic chart will do as well. Something that's easier to understand and not too detailed will work for you a lot better than one that's filled with a lot of information that may be way beyond what you wanted to get into. And you may not be particularly interested in that. So pick a chart according to your needs. I have a link for two very good charts. Um, One is very nice laminated and uh, the other one is very affordable. Uh, It's only like $6 or something. And using our links does help support our educational work. So those are uh, really important. So now we've gone through all these different ways of checking the gemstone, narrowing down our suspects, and also what to look for that's not even a gemstone at all. Now you've got a little danger, a little knowledge, and a little knowledge is a dangerous thing. <laughs> but you can get better. If you were a complete uh, gemology novice before click, clicking here and, and listening to this podcast or before reading this blog, then the chances are you've learned a little bit about the subject, I hope. However, a little knowledge can be dangerous. Again, it may lead you down a path of uh, being a total rockhound and gem collector, which I think that's a good thing. Gemstones are a precious material and can be very expensive, but there's some that are very affordable as well. So if you want to learn about gemology, and you want to be more than a novice to make your endeavor worthwhile, don't make a rash decision about a gemstone with limited knowledge. It could be heavy on your pockets. There's been many a persons who thought they were buying a wonderful gem, only to find out that it was fake, or it was synthetic, or it had been treated somehow. So there's a lot more to it than this simple study here. Also you need to be cautious about who you trust with your gemstone identification. Many jewelers don't have much experience with colored stones as you might expect. Unless someone is trained in gemology they're more likely to make a decision based on their very limited knowledge. Even people who have graduated gemology can come across stones they've never seen before. So if you plan on buying or selling a gemstone it's a good idea to, to get multiple opinions about it instead of accepting the first answer you hear. So, you want to acquire proper knowledge. If you still believe that you want to learn more about the subject of gym identification, you could take classes. You could earn a degree or certification on it. Or you could just go join a rock hounding club and you know rub elbows with those folks and start going to gym and mineral shows and go collecting rocks which we call rock hounding um, you can go to pay to dig sites for some really nice gyms around the country here in the U.S. and other countries as well but gymology courses are offered at a lot of colleges and university um, sometimes it can be a pretty expensive decision that requires a lot of commitment, but if you're passionate about it and you think you can make it work, it can definitely be a worthwhile experience. If you don't have that kind of time or money, you can just take online courses and, like I said, learn from the rock rockhounding groups and the lapidary groups and the mineral clubs um, and get in that circle. Join our social media and stuff, and they'll help a, help you get the basic background of knowledge and gemology. I do that. I've done many videos where I just take one of my many uh, collections of rocks and just start going through it and showing you some of the testing that we would do um, visually and hardness test and different things to try to figure out what kind of materials that we have. So um, there is a link to a site with courses from the G- from Gemologist uh, Society and they are really good classes. They're pricey though. But um, if you go online you can work at your own pace and enjoy yourself. So guys, just want to ask you again to check out our blog at radicalrocksusa.blogspot.com. And remember, rock hands don't die, they petrify.